action plot. Here's some muffins. Here are some cheerleaders. Don't cry. We're going to kill an old lady in the middle of it. Sabrina. Any of this? Backwards. See what I did there? And welcome to another episode of Anubis Backwards Podcast. If I don't stop us being chaotic, we will be chaotic for another hour and a half. And we're trying to get Thank to bed you. tonight. So, what's up? We are recapping House of Yesterday and House of Victory. And let me go over to the beginning. So, housekeeping. Very important news. Natalia got a puppy. It's very cute. I'm so excited. It is really cute. Carissa is on a new show on something. It's called oh, I think Max. <laughs> I was on her Instagram. I will eventually watch at least her episode of the show. It didn't seem like she was a main character, but I think it was like she was in it enough that people were like tagging her and stuff. So. Okay, hold on. I'm now on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Well, while she looks at that, I have one more thing too. Um, this is our 20th episode, if you don't include the bonus episodes. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. <laughs> I am proud. I'll read you the description. Brand new sitcom that centers around a formerly famous boy band star. T- earned drug shame tabloid laughing stock max he's down but he's not out he's trying to make a comeback to prove the world to the world but mostly to his famous supermodel ex-girlfriend that he's not a massive loser everyone says he is but with his adopted teenage son amit in a serious need of daddy advice his cousin slash superfan slash stalker rose popping up around every corner and with most people thinking he's already dead the journey back to startup isn't going to be easy enter tamsin with her dreams of becoming an internationally respected manager with Max as her only client, she certainly has her work cut out. Max offers an outrageous, rude, and cringe-inducing peek into the pop world's curtain at the drug, sex, and insecurity of, of insecurity and fragile narcissism of those who need validation and meaning in all the root, wrong places. Let me see if it tells me who Clarissa plays. Plot. I hope she's the supermodel girlfriend. Her name is just Siren. That's all I got. That's okay. a Google. Well, congrats. Everyone go check it out. We might check it out. And congrats on Natalia for the poppy because it's cute. And congrats to us for hitting 20 episodes. Yes, congrats to us. It says it's available on Hulu. Ooh. Perfect. We open this episode with the iconic intro and then we cut to the foyer, which Nina and Fabian are looking behind the mirror. They don't see anything. Fabian wonders out loud what look behind the world through glass means. Sorry, you played the don't be suspicious TikTok audio. Victor sees them. He walks down the stairs and asks what they're doing. Nina says she's an amateur antiques collector. Victor tells them to stop snooping and go to school. He also tells Nina to restrict her visits to the old folks' home to weekends only. Nina says she didn't know what he's talking about. He says he's talking about Emily and she agrees. First and foremost, Nina just shut up for five seconds. Also, Nina's like, How would he, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, ma'am, there's a sign. <laughs> The whole part, I was like, all right, Nina, like, there's a time to stop lying. This is it. This is just own up. <laughs> Honestly, though, why, like, you should, they could also lie and say, like, they're visiting, like, Uncle Aid or going to, like, the library in town or some shit. Like, every single time she left, she said she was, like, going to the old person's home to visit Emily Grant. Like, True. That was not smart. So are we just going to need, like, a part two of the Nina lying video? Probably. Nina's excuses. She loves taxidermy she's an amateur taxidermist she's an amateur antiques collector she also loves muffins she also loves papyrus she also has a whole slew of other bad lies that i forgot i think patricia had the rocker boyfriend is one of them that's a good one um sarah from the museum classic and then like as they left fabian just like glared at victor and closed the door it was really funny he's like don't you go after my girl so mick and mara are in the kitchen making muffins and being flirty gosh that was an alliteration mick and mara are making muffins <laughs> Uh, yeah, I should have said something else instead of being flirty. Is there like a M? <laughs> Mick and Mara are making muffins and and being two stages before Brent and Laura's messiness. Making out. <laughs> Not making out though. That you would know. be a lie. They're they're being kind of flirty though in the kitchen. Mick says that Mara muffins get his vote, and Mara says that if he keeps eating them, there will be none left for the campaign. She says that he shouldn't eat all that sugar because it would be bad for training. He says he doesn't have to be a quote-unquote food fascist just because of training. And she says that he hasn't been training that much since he's been back. Okay, before we get into the notes, I didn't write this, but, like, is this at the same time Nina and Fabian just went to school? Like, why are Nina and Fabian went to school? Megan Barr are, like, full-on banking right now? Oh, maybe because, like, the elections today, maybe they got some, like, approved time off to get ready or something. I don't know. Or it's the morning. That was my other thought. Mm -hmm. 
Like it's first thing in the morning. Maybe because Victor told Jaden and Fabian to go to school, but maybe it wasn't actually time to go to school. Maybe he was just like late. Maybe, yeah. Victor's excuse for the children are misbehaving. <laughs> it's so late. I'll go to school. <laughs> They're like fine. Um, I just really want a muffin now. The muffins looked really good. I can't even tell what kind of muffins they are, but I agree. Where's Nina? Um, <laughs> Nina loves muffins. She would probably have loved a Mara muffin. Maybe, maybe Mara got her vote just for the muffins. Also, this was a missed opportunity because I saw Mick opening the oven again like he did last week. I was like, where's the, these muffins smell great and so do I. <laughs> like every time Mick opens an oven, I want him to say that. I don't know. Mara was there. Mara might have dumped him on the spot though. She'd been like, nope. <laughs> like, just this kidding. Too much. He's cute, but not that cute. Um, also, Mick and Eddie would have had a power friendship. They would have eaten the whole house though. Trudy couldn't make enough food for that. <laughs> Their power. I think they would have been pals, though. It would have been fun. They would have been buddies. So Mara tells Mick that she knows that he didn't get the scholarship, and he asked her how she knows, and she says because Jerome found the letter and told her. He says that Jerome stole the letter. He says that he didn't tell her because he was ashamed, and sports is the only thing he's good at, and he's not sure he's good at that anymore. She says that he is awesome. He says, you don't think I'm a failure then? And she says, never. Then they hug. I just love how supportive they are of each other, and it's so cute, and I just I just really love them, in case you didn't know. I thought I should tell you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. She she likes she likes McMara? What? <laughs> what? New information. Nina and Fabian walk into class. She's saying that Victor was looking at her like he knew that Emily was really Sarah. Fabian says she's being paranoid, and Nina says that just because she's being paranoid doesn't mean Victor isn't out to get her. Nina says that if he's tracked Sarah down first, Sarah's in big trouble, then we're in big trouble. Fabian says, Nina, really? I thought Nina is me here, but Fabian is also me here. Maybe Nina should have just been like, oh, she reminds me of my grandmother yeah, or, or something. something. Like, I mean, obviously Victor figured it out, but like, I don't know. The person raised by her grandmother, like, adopting an old person, as Trudy put it, doesn't seem that, like, outlandish to me. And she just ran into this random old person in the middle of, like, walking around outside, so she could just be like, I love her. <laughs> She's my grandma now. It's my British grandma. Leave me alone, Victor. Victor's pacing in the foyer of the house. We see Sarah and the nurse walk in. Sarah looks around looking shocked. We see a flashback of her counting with her parents with her in laughing. Victor asks if she wants tea, and she tells him to stay away from her. The nurse says, it's all right, Emily, this is a friend of yours. Sarah says that he is a murderer, and Victor says that it's not the worst thing anyone's called him because he works out of school. (laughs) (laughs) The nurse says that this is a bad idea and that she's going to take Sarah home. Victor says that he's sure she'll calm down. Also, no. So the nurse and everyone that's like not victor or nina calls her emily i'm just gonna call her sarah because it's gonna get confusing we see a flashback of victor as a child he's standing next to the frobisher smiths as they eat mr frobisher smith tells him that there's plenty of food to go around and to sit down sarah encourages him um i don't really like the young victor casting i just didn't think it i don't know he didn't look like victor. that's fair yeah he really didn't he had like freckles yeah I think they could have tried a little harder. Maybe they just found a random boy in the street and was like, congrats. It could be someone's kid, too. Like, Yeah, they were like, we need a child. Yeah. But, like, not a blonde child with freckles. Like, child. why didn't you get, like, a dark-haired child? I did like the young Sarah casting, though. She was cute. Yeah, young Sarah was cute. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the other thing with, like, young Sarah is it's probably not, like, you don't really, like... Sarah's, like, legitimately, a, like, a hundred-year-old lady, so they don't have to, like, try to make a, like, ten-year-old look... It's easier to make it find a little yeah. girl to play the young version of like an old lady then, because I mean Victor would be what I want to like. What age is Victor like considered right now? That's what I would say. Yeah. Would they want like a sixty-year-old man being like the head housekeeper of like a school? That's fair. That's like pushing on retirement there. Adult Sarah looks at Victor and says, "We were friends, weren't we?" And Victor says, "Yes, Sarah, we were." I'm crying in this chilies. Fun election episode featuring sad, tragic backstory. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be sad in a Nickelodeon way, so we're going to make you also happy in a Nickelodeon way. You got this like tragic backstory and all the sad stuff happening, and then it's just like election plot. Here's some muffins. Here are some cheerleaders. Don't cry. We're gonna kill an old lady in the middle of it. Mick and Mara walk into class sharing headphones. Mick says that this is a massive track and could be her campaign anthem. 
Mara tells Patricia that Mick is so sweet because he made her a playlist, and Patricia said it is so sweet and gives her a cavity. <laughs> um, just, I was laughing at them, like, walking into class sharing their headphones. That's, like, the most 2011 high school relationship thing. Um, also, just Mick Trisha, because Patricia's like, oh, it's so sweet, it gives me a cavity, because you wish it was you. Please, once again, we are all just morphine. It <laughs> really is Mick Trisha. She's, she's low-key jealous. It's fine. And then I just said a massive track. <laughs> that was funny. What do we think the track was? It's 2011. What would be a massive track for your 2011 campaign? <laughs> okay, for your campaign, but like... One Direction. Mick also thinks it's a bop, though. Like, what music oh, do we think Mick's into? Again, One Direction. It's what makes you beautiful. <laughs> that was like 2012, though, right? I don't know. During the show, though. Oh, that might have been season two. I had that whole Jamber parody song about you don't know you're beautiful. <laughs> Oh, true. Speaking of Jamber. Party Rock Anthem. Oh, yes. That's it. That's the song. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the song that Mick would be like, this is a massive track. <laughs> That's a really bad accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, you <laughs> listeners. <laughs> okay. As Mick continues to listen to music, Jerome walks up and asks Mara if she confronted him about the letter. She says that they talked about it. Jerome asks what happened, and Mara says everything is good. Jerome says that Mick was keeping secrets. Mara said he had his reasons. Just really glad that Jerome's plan didn't work because it was dumb. Yeah, they communicated. I'm shook because it's House of Nubis. But good for Mick and Mara. That's why I love them. It's time for our weekly tangent. What kind of nonsense will it be today? It's the tangent of the week. I also said I love Mick just in the background obliviously jamming. Like he has his headphones on. He can't hear anything anyone's saying. He's like dancing. Party rockers in the house. <laughs> you know, he could have switched it up. He could be listening to Sexy and I'm knowing. <laughs> yes. Big number one LMFAO stand. The next song on the playlist. And Mara's like, wow, he made me this playlist. <laughs> it's just an LMFAO album. So romantic. LMFAO. She's party rocking and sexy and I know it on a loop for 10 minutes. It's so romantic. I am sexy and I know it. What other songs are in 2011? I'm trying to think back to them. I'm searching. Time. What the Hell by Avril Lavigne. Stereo Hearts by Gym Class Heroes. Oh my god, Stereo Hearts, yes, that was on there. Oh my god, 100% Stereo Hearts was on there because Mara thinks this is a romantic playlist. Rolling in the Deep. Country Girl Shake It For Me. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> Same. Tonight, tonight, tonight by Hot Shell Ray. Oh, classic. Oh my god. Oh, That's a bob. Good Feeling by Flo Rida. Classic, classic. Born This Way by Lady Gaga. Oh, yes, that's on there. Paradise by Coldplay. <laughs> Where Them Girls At by David Guetta. Okay, yes. see, I'm trying to think what song Mara, as like a teenager in 2011, would think is so romantic. So it's like 100% like One Direction in stereo. <laughs> You're right. I'm just going to the billboard list. E.T. by Katy Perry. Oh, Paradise would be on that. Paradise by Coldplay. That's on his playlist. No, E.T. by Katy Perry is Alfie's favorite song. Don't play me. Grenade by Bruno Mars. Grenade would be on the romantic playlist. Moves like Jagger. Maybe that's the song Mick's going. It's a massive hit. I mean, hit. it is Mick Jagger, so. Mayhaps we need to make this playlist and share it on our Twitter later. S&M by Rihanna. <laughs> that, that would send a certain message. Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars. No, 100% is Just the Way You Are, What Makes You Beautiful. We gotta make, like, the 2011, like, romance songs, and we're gonna make a playlist. And we're gonna be, like, Only if playlist. Sexy and I Know It can be on there. I promise we will put Sexy and I Know It on it. <laughs> we need to make it not on, like, Spotify. We have to make it on, like, eight tracks or some shit. Yes, to really embrace um, 2011. Has to be on eight tracks. Just a Dream by Nelly. Like a G6, maybe that's the one Mick was going into the Oh my god, that's a throwback. Oh my Back god. to December. That's sad. I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I'm just saying it's on this list. I don't that's know on their breakup playlist that Mara makes um, later. Or Mick makes for himself, I should say, because Mara just moves on really quickly. Mick crying with sad tailors. <laughs> Mara didn't even mourn the breakup. She just immediately rolled right into Jerome's bed. I'm sorry. Yes, we but... will make you guys an eight track <laughs> playlist. You guys are going to love it. I love that. That was our weekly tangent, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to say House of 2011 pop songs. <laughs> Truly. We always show our age on this thing when we're like, you know what song I love? Yeah, for the record, guys, we were all in like, well, me and Emily were in high school when I those came out. I was in grade in 2011. Okay, but it's so weird because I'm looking at this list and I'm like, these played at my school dances. Yeah, I'm like, these are jams. <laughs> 
as we're gonna stop like showing our age by talking about songs that we still think are bops and you know we're the top pop songs of the early 2010s and get back to our episode of house of anubis in which mick is listening to the top pop songs of 2010s he's having a great time good for him and amber walks into the room and she sarcastically thanks Nina and fabian for helping because she had to carry all of her stuff from the art room by herself mara tells her that she thought alfie was going to be her campaign manager and amber says not anymore i said amber fired alfie and then has no help that was not a well thought out career decision mara asks jerome if he has time to talk about their campaign jerome says that her and mick can continue on with their smoochy yuck fest and jerome will do everything himself Mara says that it's very kind of him, and she, he says that he isn't kind, and then says, come on, Amber, let's celebrate, because you already won, and then says he's her new campaign manager. Jerome really just said, F this shit, I'm out. And I love that for him. And you know what else I love for him? Jamber! <laughs> the ship that I will continually ship, because they had so much potential. <laughs> OTP. Uh, speaking of what that's what I said, what makes you beautiful, speaking of Jamber, because this episode is peak Jamber content, guys. I love them. They really, again, as Grace said last week, and I agree, they should have done a fake dating plot here to make Mick and Mara jealous during the campaign. It would have been so good. It would have been amazing. Grace is right. Thank you. <laughs> Grace is right. Would have been so here for that. Someone write me a fic. House. Victor's asking Sarah if she remembers living here. She asks why she's here, and Victor says because Mrs. Mulligan, so that's the nurse's name, brought her. And he asks the housekeeper to give her a tour so they can catch up. Sarah says that Daddy thinks that the house has a mind of its own and it is currently crying, and asks Victor if he can hear it. He says yes, it is crying because it has lost something and says something is hidden here, and tells her that she knows where. He asks her to show him where to look. We get a flashback of child Victor crying, and Sarah asking him if his father hurt him. Victor starts to have a flashback of him talking to his father. He is telling his father that Sarah is his friend, but Victor's father says that Sarah is not his friend and that his job is to discover where they hid the cup of ink. Victor says that he has tried. He calls his dad daddy. His dad gets angry and tells him to address him as sir. Victor's dad calls him a useless piece of nothing and tells him to find out where they hid the cup or he's going to send him to the orphanage. We see adult Victor with tears in his eyes. Sad. He doesn't want to betray her, but he doesn't want to upset his dad. Does that make anyone else like want to cry? It's so sad. Also, as now when I suppose myself and say I wrote a Victor Seraphic in the year in Lord of Our Savior, like 2012, but I cannot find it anymore, so. I would love to read this. I don't know if I read it. I'm going to go look on fanfiction.net slash musical Wheaton and try to find it. I just in general really like all the backstory we get in this episode prequel series let's go let's write it come on netflix in the flashback as child sarah tries to comfort child victor he calls her a useless piece of nothing and tells her to tell him where they hid the cup or he will send her to the orphanage she says that he she doesn't know where her parents hid the cup and he says that he doesn't believe her just sarah sad (laughs) victor's dad is trash Adult Sarah says that she remembers now and understands and that after her parents died, she lost Victor and had no one to talk to except her journal. We get a flashback of child Sarah talking to the cylinders. We then see a flashback of child Sarah drawing tallies on the wall, as adult Sarah says. Did she count it every day that she suffered without her parents with only Victor and his dad to keep her company? We get a flashback of child Sarah counting and crying without her parents there. Victor's dad, with Victor standing next to him, Tells her that there's no one to protect her now and ask where the cup is. Flashback Child Sarah says that she will never tell, and Adult Sarah also says that she will never tell. I know we just said this, but I would watch a whole series on just this plot of, like, Sarah as a child. Here's the prequel. Give it to us. There's, like, so many complexities to this, like, backstory, too. Because there's stuff we haven't, like, even hit yet that will hit later in the episode. I'm like, how does this all, like, fall into place? How does she get to this position from this position? How does she end up as Emily in an old person's home with a well? I know. I'd love to see like a movie or a series or something about Sarah's life. And then also, Frobisher, right? Her dad also like knocks up some other girl somewhere in the line, right? Okay, but it sounds like the the, the KT's grandpa's supposed to be older than Sarah, which doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> I think they referred to her as his first wife. So, like, KT's grandpa is his first wife? I swear that's how that timeline works. KT's great-grandparents, and then KT's grandpa is his child, and then he was like, bye, like, they got divorced, and then he married Louisa. 
Yeah. The timeline doesn't make any sense. They they were like, KT needs to be related to Frobisher for some reason, and I need this family tree, and I need this timeline, and I need this prequel. Well, because we all know what was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Nina was supposed to be related to Frobisher, and she was probably supposed to be related to Sarah, but then Nat had to leave, so. Well, realistically, what would have happened is that her grand probably would have been like Sarah's daughter or something like that. Maybe she sent her away for safety because she knew about the chosen one thing and she was worried that if she was in England, she'd be found. Or maybe Sarah lived in America for a bit, had a fling, had a kid, gave up the kid, kid had a family, family had a family. I think Nina and Sarah are still related, so that means Nina and Katie are like cousins or something. I do not know. I'd love to see the family tree. I'd love to see the prequel. I'd love to see the I love secret cousins. Secret cousins. There's multiple secret sisters and secret cousins happening in this show. (laughs) I could buy that they were just like Nina and KT are cousins because they were just like Willow and Joy are cousins. Why not? Everyone in the show is secretly related. Hope not because that's a lot of incest going on. Because <laughs> everyone in the house is also secretly love. So <laughs> yeah, like, I would also love a prequel. We need multiple prequels. We need Sarah's life, the prequel. Whatever the hell was going on with KT's grandpa, the prequel. Whatever hell was going on with the Descendants plot in the Tomb Raiding, a prequel. <laughs> I also want like Jerome's dad and Mr. Sweet at Anuba's house, the prequel. Yes. 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 All access calls. Okay. Consider it's, it's not, it's not like a, not everything's a prequel series. What we do is we, it's like one show, but it expands the lore. Oh yes. So oh, every season yeah. is like covering a new section of the story. One season. It's like the forever, the descendants plan. One season is Sarah's life. One season is Jerome's dad and sweet hanging out. And then we get a season that's like uh, Anubis Kids like 10 years later. Yes. I want the sequel series. Um, CBS All Access, please hit us up. Call we are ready. We'll be your development team. We We're got ready. you. We'll do it for airfare and food, lodging, and Wi-Fi. We'll promote you. We'll recap the whole series on this podcast. <laughs> we'll make a podcast about the development of the series, but we won't give spoilers. We can do all the behind the scenes. We're ready. We can edit with iMovie and Premiere. We've got <laughs> TV is my degree. Like, I can, yeah, I can do it, guys. We don't need boom mics. We have podcast microphones. Laura's doesn't work. <laughs> Mine makes me sound like a robot, so we'll see. So we can use Laura's for special effects and only special effects. Yes, <laughs> it'll be like the ghosts. Well, Sarah says she will never tell because the truth is she does not know, as she has told him many times. Victor does not believe her and gets angry, and the nurse comes out and asks what's going on. Sarah looks to the top of the staircase and sees a flashback of her parents and says that she's ready to go now. The nurse, Miss Mulgan, says that it is time to go back to the home. She tells Victor that she forgives him. Sarah is not the nurse. But damn, Sarah is lucid as heck at the moment. <laughs> like most of her she's kind of like not really sure what's going on but then like her like it's like once she knew where she was and like when she was just sitting in the house she was just like on the money like i'm like ma'am yeah she was like this is it like i can speak now in the living room jerome is reading with his feet up victor comes and yells at him for having his feet on the furniture nina and fabian walk into the room and victor asks them what they're staring at and tells everyone that i need to be in bed by nine or else there will be consequences Jerome asks what's bugging Victor. Nina picks up the bag off the couch, realizing that it's Sarah's and that she has been to the house. I wrote, Jerome's reading? Mara's changed him. Apparently. Jerome in the black pit? Eh. Jerome reading a book? Okay. Lily has entered the chat. Lily's gonna come for you. Sorry, Jerome in the black pit hot, but Jerome in the reading a book is hot. <laughs> Jerome book host Stan. He's just doing the group read for the book host. Like, come on. <laughs> Nina is asleep in bed, and she starts to see a vision of Sarah saying, Goodbye, my darling. It's your quest now. Sarah says that she needs to not stop, because there are others also searching, who are less pure of heart than Nina, and it's up to her now. Sarah says that it's time for her to go, and kisses Nina on the forehead. Nina wakes up looking shocked and saying, Sarah, clutching her blankets to her throat. I just put a frowny face. That's my note. So, like, we know what happens in this scene. But, like, I thought this happened weeks ago, so I've been waiting, like, anticipating, not anticipating this because I didn't want this to happen, but I've been, like, mentally preparing for this for weeks now. So, like, is Sarah a ghost? What's happening? I think she's visiting her in her dreams. dreaming, but, like, obviously Sarah's speaking to her, and Sarah knows she's about to die, so, like, it's not like Nina's subconscious making up this dream. I genuinely think it's a ghost. I think the ghost of Sarah, or maybe, maybe it's, like, the ghost of the chosen one haunting the new chosen one. Oh, like it's passing on. Yeah, like she's like, it's your time now. 
All right, here's yet another spinoff. I need like 30 years from now, Nina haunting the the, the new chosen? next chosen one. Like 30 years from now, I hope Nina's not dead in 30 years. Or not okay, 100 years from now. <laughs> like damn, poor Nina. Nina might be dead. I'm sure she thought about the Nettie Summer romance. We don't know. <laughs> also, I need you all to know that I have finally been worn down. I have. I think. I don't want to say I'm now teen Nettie Summer romance. I am just now. I've accepted it. I've accepted it. They can't see our faces, but Brenna's very excited. <laughs> I win. No. <laughs> Inside the gift of us knowing Nettie Summer romance. <laughs> they have worn me down. Welcome to my weird crack ship. I love that for you, though. But we still want Petty Endgame. Don't worry. That's important. Petty Endgame, Nettie Summer Romance. <laughs> I just like a rebound. Yes, and I I believe in my Nettie Summer Romance world that Eddie and Patricia were already broken up. Oh, I 100% will. He was just like, I'm so sad that... that and Patricia just dumped... So Patricia went to America. Patricia dumped Eddie. Eddie's all depressed. But then Ed, Nina's like, yo, Eddie, let's meet up because I gotta tell you about all the Chosen One shit and the Osirian shit and I gotta give you my necklace, whatever. So Nina and Eddie meet up and then Eddie's like, I'm so depressed. And Nina's like, well, I'm never going to see Fabian again because um, we can't be near each other, blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, well, we can be near each other. Well, let's hook up. <laughs> okay, okay yes. wait, 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 wait. And what, scene. If, what, if, what if, what if, okay. So like, Nina knew like she was going to have to break up with Fabian and she thought maybe if she cheated on him, it would be easier. Mm-hmm. Yes, because for some reason, say like, Cheating on him is easier than actually breaking Video up with him. him like, because the extent of she cheats on him, she she doesn't have to tell him, but like yeah. she feels like she actually has a reason to break up with him, yes. not just not just I have to break up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that is the end of the first half of our episode. So now for a word from our sponsor. You know you love our thing. You have memorized our anchor ad. Yeah, the person, I forgot your handle, I'm sorry, but someone tweeted us like, I basically have the anchor ad memorized now, and I love you. Thank you. (laughs) And sorry. So here it is. Hey, hello, everyone. We are back from our break. We talked to Emily's dogs. They may or may not be co-hosting. I got some hot chocolate. No. Okay. So, the next morning, we see a montage of Amber and Mara both getting ready. Winnie! Hi, Winnie, our favorite guest host. They're talking... (laughs) What? What's the matter? Winnie just wants to comment on Amber and Mara's montage of getting ready for the election. What are your thoughts, Winnie? (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) Who's gonna win the election? Doesn't Hmm. wanna say. Um, game face is on point. I was just laughing at how ridiculous this montage is. <laughs> it's so funny. Hey, the thing is, I know that, I guess when they aired this, there was a commercial break in between, but the fact that this episode literally cut from, like, Nina's super sad because, like, ghost Sarah visit her in the middle of the night, and it's just, like, fun popping music, we're getting ready for the election. That transition, though. I know. Again, we want you to be sad in a Nickelodeon way, but also happy in a Nickelodeon way. Nina says, wow, to Amber, and Amber says, it's showtime. Patricia says, whoa, to Mara, and Mara says, it's war. Is this, like, one of the only times her hair is ever in a bun? Because she looks, like, too professional. <laughs> she's trying. Like, ma'am, it's a school election. Relax a little. Also, this entire look says she's coming for Nina's horse girl position. Oh, my God. <laughs> I bet Mara was reading the article about pony grooming that morning. <laughs> What, was I wrong? No. No, you weren't. <laughs> I just said Nina, Amber, and Mara, Patricia, I'd ship it. That's a, oh my god, they were roommates situation. At breakfast, Amber and Mara glare at each other. Jerome says that this is a big day, and he starts saying who he thinks everyone's going to vote for. He says that him, Nina, Fabian, and Alfie are definite votes for Amber, and Patricia and Mick are the only votes for Mara. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's right. Nina and Amber are, like, friends, and... I mean, Fabian, I could see voting for Mara, but like. Mabian? Mabian? Like, I, Jerome's right. That's like how I would see them voting. Fabian and Amber are friends, but if he thinks with his brain of like what he would actually want for the school. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. Jerome asks Mara if she's nervous. Mick tells Jerome to back off. Trudy comes in and asks Nina to come with her. Fabian asks what that was all about. In the hallway, Trudy is telling Nina that the old people's home called and that there's bad news. Nina says Sarah died. Trudy is confused and tells her Emily died. 
Nina cries and hugs Trudy. Trudy says that Mrs. Mulligan, the nurse, wants to see her because Emily wants her to have something. I don't want Nina to have anything. I don't know why they keep saying I want her to have something. But I'm just... <laughs> Nina just lost her friend Sarah. I'll give her a break right now. Sad. I am sad. I just wanted to roast her because Sarah's fake name is Emily. Oh! Emily wants her to have something. <laughs> we just got distracted by dogs. Okay, as per usual, we love dogs. This is uh, dogs backwards. That's sod. <laughs> what is dog backwards? Sod. No, dog backwards is God. I'm a big fucking dumbass. <laughs> God. Oh, this way. God. Technically, technically. Anubis is a god. Anubis is an Egyptian god. So Anubis backwards is dog backwards. I'm doing the Sabuna thing, but sideways. That's our handshake. (laughs) Dogs backwards. See what I did there? I'm trying to get back on topic. Okay. At the school, Mick and Mar are setting up. Mick says that Amber doesn't even have a table. So this is going to be the easiest victory in history because tables equal victory. Jerome takes down the curtain on the stage to reveal a giant poster of Amber. Amber then walks in with a bunch of baked goods and tells Mara, nice muffins. Mara says, I refuse to let her beat me and Mick comforts her. And I said, the jambers smiling at each other from across the room and the scene lives rent free in my mind. They are good. They are very, very good. And I really like them. Logically, they should be dating. They should be. Why did they do this plot? Why did they do the ping pong plot? Why did she sit on his lap? Who knows? Somebody in the writer's room shipped Jamber. Someone in the writer's room was like, I want this to be a thing, and then was getting shot down by everyone else. See, their personalities make sense together because they would have been mean to each other, but like, you know, I don't want to say mean to each other. Enemies to lovers. They would have bickered. Like, I, they would have had a very good bickering situation. I would have been really here for I it. I would have been really into it. I feel like they could have been like a petty situation. It's just because oh, I knew yeah. each other longer. Like, they bicker, but then they're like, Childhood enemies to lovers. We actually like each other. Hmm. And they just have a lot of chemistry, much like most of the people on this show have a lot of chemistry. Oh my god, hi. The dog, dogs, what are your thoughts on Jamber? Are you Jamber shippers? They're trying to talk about how much they love Jamber. <laughs> the, do- the dogs are very excited. They they love this nice Jamber scene we just got. <laughs> so, at the old folks' home, Mrs. Mulligan is telling Nina that the funeral is tomorrow and it's been taken care of by Sarah's nephew and that she is welcome to come. Nina says she didn't know she had any relatives, and the nurse says just the one. First of all, they wasted no time packing up her stuff. Second of all, and this is spoilers for later in the episode, is uh, Rufus her her nephew? I think so. I was thinking about that too, and I was like, wait a second. (laughs) It's like her adopted brother, but also nephew, because he's taken Elixir of Life. I mean, we'll talk, I'll discuss a little bit more about this later, because I have a theory on it when we get there. Again, it goes... I also said has no relatives. KT says hi, but obviously none of these people know about Robert Sparrow's nice secret other family. Secret illicit affair. He had an illicit affair maybe, with KT's great great grandmother. <laughs> dogs agree. The dog says Siri play illicit affairs. <laughs> Probably. So Mrs. Mulligan hands Nina a box that she said Emily said she wanted to give her after they came back from Nubis House, and she says that when they came back from Nubis House, she was very content and calm. She says that Nina said Sarah said that she know what to do with it and that it's her turn now. Nina says that she told her something similar. Again, I'm switching up Sarah and Emily. They're the same person. She has two names. <laughs> it's fine. We have friends named Sarah and Emily too, so it's also confusing. Are you Very and Sarah the same I'm person? one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I like how y'all can't see it, but I just started to like aggressively wave in front of the camera. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys didn't know, we have a friend named Emily. We don't really, like, talk I, about I've her that much. I've never heard about her um, in my life. I only know Weedy. I don't know who I, I only know Weedy. We actually hate Emily. Who's Emily? Musical Who's Weedy. Emily? <laughs> Musical Weedy all the way, Weedy. Back at the school, Amelia is finishing up her speech. Miss Andrews calls Mara up to give her speech and make him Patricia cheer. Mara starts and Jerome says, speak up, mumbles. That's rude. Mara grabs the mic and says, better, giving him a look. Um... Jerome could have phrased that nicer, but he wasn't wrong. Because she was, like, talking, like, down, and, like, she wasn't even talking into the mic. She's like, hi, I'm Mara. But, yeah, he could have just said, we can't hear you or something. He was being in a room. And I am just upset that they cut off Amelia's speech. I wanted to hear it. We just got to hear the last, like, three words. Honestly, Amelia deserves to win, but tragically, she is not a main character. I love Amelia. Only. Justice for Amelia in 2020. 
Mara then goes on to give her speech about how she wants the school not just to be for fun, but also a great place for learning. Everyone cheers, and Mick calls her champ. I wrote chamo. Mick calls her champ. <laughs> I'm, like, low-key having flashbacks for valedictorian speech. It just felt very, like, similar to, like, the vibes, the message felt very similar. Also, Makar was being cute and Patricia immediately looking away. And to that, I say, no thoughts had empty, only Mick, Trisha. Yeah, I put Mick, Trisha too, because they like standing next to each other. And then there's the part where they start clapping at the end of Mara's speech. And I can just see the gif so clearly. I think I used that as a reaction gif a lot back in the day. Also, I guess this is technically from the part before I put it in the wrong spot. But Jerome needs to like, shut the F up yelling at Mara like that, like, excuse me, sir. And then at the end of Mara's speech, look at the way Fabian is just smiling at Mara. Look at that. We love Mabian. Wow. That's the second Mabian interaction. I know. I thought this was the third. It might be the third. But they don't actually talk. They're like 10 feet apart, so I don't know if it counts. They didn't talk. They did look at each other. He did smile at her. So maybe Fabian did vote for Mara. Maybe he just said he voted for Amber. Maybe he lied. I think he voted for Mara. Then we see Amber, we hear Amber say, lights, music, Amber. And then her and the cheer squad do a routine. Everyone cheers us as for Mick and Mara who look annoyed. Um, lights, music, Amber. I, I agree. Also, not to be like this, but how did like Mick and Mara not know that like Amber would like outsell them and like put on a bigger show? That's true. That's like expected. <laughs> yeah, like, she was just being petty towards Mara. That's her whole concept. She was like, I'm going to do a thing. At this part, Alfie was cracking me up. As soon- I mean, it's also kind of going back to Alfie being gross again. But as soon as the cheerleaders walked out, he was just like, like his jaw dropped and he was just giving like... It was like gawking at them and it's like kind of gross, but it was really funny because it was so like Alex like really just like over dramatized his face for the whole thing. It was supposed to be Alfie like being purred or we think it was supposed to be Alfie being like, well, I think Amber's hot. I think it was probably more the second one versus the pervy thing. Okay, that's good. I I read it as like he's into Amber, so he was excited that she was giving a good (laughs) performance for her speech. Okay, I like that better because I'm really over uh, pervy Alfie. See, I didn't even read it as pervy Alfie. I read it as like I have a crush on Amber. She's doing her speech. She's doing the cheerleading routine. Yay, Amber. <laughs> I thought he was like, damn, look at all these hot cheerleaders. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I said, honestly, I'd vote for Mara. Amber's speech was not a speech, but a cheer routine. She didn't say words. She just did a cheer routine. Why does that make me want to vote for her? And I said, but it was a fun cheer routine. It was a fun cheer routine. I think that kind of goes back to like my like, Amber would out show them thing is it is a high school election you don't really I don't want to say you don't need to give a good speech but like they're going to be people who don't take it seriously or like you know they're like I love cheerleaders at the house Nina is sadly looking through Sarah's things because we're back in our depressing subplot of this episode after Amber just gave a cheer routine uh Patricia Alfie and Fabian walk in Fabian asks her if she's okay Nina says that Sarah died last night and that these are her things that she wouldn't need to have them like I know Amber's like off doing election things but like she's been such a shit like a bad Sabuna member the past few weeks like she's like there are days where she like I think she's not involved because she doesn't want to be and then there are times where I'm like she's just not involved MIA yeah, like, it, this felt like a moment where she should have been there. I was like, where is she? <laughs> and I guess she was doing election stuff, but... Maybe they made them stay at the school because they were running? That's fair. Yeah, but it seems weird because eventually it'll cut back and they're, like, all at the school voting. Yeah, like, Nina goes to the school. I don't know, Amber. Kind of rude because Sarah just died, even though I'm normally like, F Nina. We have to be nice to Nina this week. Yeah, I'd be nice to Nina she did nothing wrong, and an old lady just died. <laughs> Fabian says that he's so sorry and hugs her. Nina says that Sarah came to her last night and spoke to her and sat on her bed. Alfie says, like, a ghost or an alien, and Patricia scolds him. Alfie says that it freaks him out. Nina said if they want to be freaked out, they should be freaked out about the fact that the only person with any answers is now dead. Alfie says sorry and leaves. Patricia sees a paper, and her and Fabian start reading it. They realize that it has Brutus's parents' names on it, and they became the legal guardians of Sarah, Two years after her parents died, Brutus's birth certificate is also there, and it says he was born in 1915, so he is the same age as Sarah. So, we already, already mentioned this, but, like, I genuinely do think Rufus is her nephew, and, like, he was raised as her half-brother, but he started taking the elixir, and she didn't. Therefore, he was still, maybe he put her in the old folks' home, gave them the name Emily Grant. I don't really know how the transaction put it, whatever. 
technically my first note goes into my second one. How did Rufus's parents get custody? But then I was thinking about it when I was transferring my notes from my doc into the group doc is, so we know Victor's dad dies in season, like he doesn't die in season two. He's dead in season, like we see that he's dead in season two. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if his dad had like disappeared because we know he like falls through like the floor and like basically dies there. Oh, true. Um, so I wonder if he disappeared and maybe like Victor's dad and like Rufus's family were like close. So Rufus's family maybe took custody of both Victor and Sarah. And they, like, moved into the house or something like that. That would be interesting. And then that would explain, like, them growing up together and then, like, starting this school together and... You know what else it explains? You know what else it explains? Rufus's Mr. Sweet's dad theory. I love that theory. I just leaned in really close to my microphone to say that. Everyone on this show is actually related. We love secret siblings. We love secret siblings, secret parents, parents, secret grandparents, secret cousins. (laughs) I just thought it was interesting, um... So they, when they read the birth certificate, Rufus's dad is named Gustav. And there's also that character in season two that's named Gustav that they make fun of. So I would just like to know if there's someone on the writing staff that knows a Gustav because that name has popped up twice. And I feel like that's not a normal name. I had a nickel for any time someone just randomly named Gustav on House Panuvas. I'd have two nickels. <laughs> two nickels. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Exactly. <laughs> At school, Mar and Amber are handing out food and people are voting. Mrs. Andrews tells people to finish voting. Mara asks Patricia if she voted for her and she says, of course. Mara says that she bets Patricia is the only one. Patricia says not to be negative because she ran a really strong campaign even though it was boring. Mara says boring and Patricia shows a muffin in her mouth. Boring, but strong. (laughs) I can't believe she said that. I mean, I can't. It's Patricia, but like... <laughs> Patricia, you wait until after the election to say that. I said I love Mar and Patricia and I want more of them. Nick walks up to the guy who's counting votes, Robbie. He asks him how's it going. Robbie says he's not allowed to say. Nick says to let him know because they are buddies. Robbie says that they are not buddies because he talks to Mick all the time and Mick ignores him and put him in a locker. Mick says that if Robbie tells him who is in the lead, that will make them friends who can hang out more. Robbie says that Amber is in the lead, but it is close. I said, Mick put him in a locker? How did I miss that? Like, I missed it too. I, I don't love that. I just don't see Mick as the bully type. I feel like he wouldn't actually do that. Okay, so I think Mick's one of those people who would like be hanging out with like the jerky jocks and would get egged on by them to do shitty things. Mm, yes, okay. But he wouldn't take the initiative to do shitty things. Okay, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That makes more sense. That makes sense. Mick tells Robbie that to make him a deal. He says that if he makes sure that Mara wins, we'll do something for Robbie. Robbie asks him to set him up with Patricia, and Mick says, yeah, sure. Mickolas? Mickolas? <laughs> Mickolas? <laughs> no. I that his I... name is Mickolas. <laughs> I don't know. This just felt like a full Feels name. right. Like a full name. Nicholas Campbell. Nicholas Campbell. <laughs> And since his name is probably just Mick Campbell, that doesn't sound very, like, I'm angry. It doesn't sound like a name that you would, you, like, say in a disappointed way to be like, no. So I'm going to call him Nicholas whenever he does anything stupid like this. There are degrees of stupid. I know. He just needs to stop. Um, but also, uh, more importantly in this scene, um, Robbie and Patricia OTP. <laughs> We love to see it. How old is Robbie? If they're like juniors, I bet he's like a freshman or a sophomore. He looks like a child. He just looks like he hasn't like fully hit puberty yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a deep voice. So we're, we're going to go with like 14, 15? Probably. Yeah. And they're like 16. Jerome comes up and asks Mick if he's cheating. He says, no, we're not all like you, Clark. And Robbie repeats after him. That was just really funny when Robbie was trying to be like Mick. Like, yeah. They're not all like you, Clark. Go, Robbie. Jerome says, it's King Clark to you, Pondweed. And he asks Robbie, who's in the lead? Robbie says he's not allowed to say. Jerome hands him money, so then Robbie tells him that Amber is in the lead. All I wanted to say is Robbie should have come back in season two or season three, and he should have gotten the fake dating arc in season three. It's what he deserved. <laughs> that would have been so good. Oh my god, that would have been so funny. I think, okay, I believe that the Eddie character in... Uh, the Dutch version is named Robbie. Oh. Um, can our Twitter friend Eddie confirm? I know you're listening. 
Eddie, you do need to ask you all these questions. I I'm sure she's online. We we need the info. <laughs> We gotta just start the We're, gonna, we're just we gonna end no context be like Eddie. So, um, is the Eddie character in the Dutch version named Robbie? I think, I think she is. I think our, the Patricia's love interest in um Dutch is uh like in Mr. Sweet's son is named Robbie and not named Eddie. <laughs> I'll tweet her too. We can all just okay. Eddie answered. Is the Robbie the Eddie in House of Anubis? I mean, House of Anubis. I said, we all need to ask this. Yes, and he makes me want to say no thank you? And she said yes to me, but she said no yes, but no thank you to Brenna. I guess they say you don't like I guess, it? Yeah, we must not like... We must not like Robbie. In Victor's office, Trudy is telling him about how Sarah died in her sleep but lived a long life and says Victor never told her why Sarah's connection with Anubis House is. Victor tells her that she can go, and she says she just thought she let him know. Victor says that the key is dead. Corbier, so close, but so far. I said, Corbier. OTP. I was just upset. So here we are, and you, you know, Victor finds out that Sarah died, and he seems sad, and you're like, wow, he has a heart. He's sad. His childhood best friend died. But no, he's not sad that she died. He's sad that they are like, it's going to be harder to find his elixir of life. And I'm like, sir, have a heart. Oh my God. Read the room. That's all I have to Sir, Sarah is your friend. At school, Mrs. Andrews is saying that the votes are counted in verified. <laughs> LOL. The U.S. election has entered the chat. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I had a note, a real note. Um, also, Mrs. Robinson, when she comes on the stage, she goes your next school representative but then i was like isn't this the first school representative Ooh, good catch you're right nick is telling mara that he knows she will win jerome is telling amber that he knows that she will win and amber asks how he knows he says that a little bird told him and looked at robbie okay mr sweet and house is the winner by two votes is mara Amber tells Jerome that she can't believe that he built up her hopes like that and jerome says now he has to kill robbie um, honestly a justice for amelia I felt bad for the poor girl because when Mr. Sweet announces the winner, he's like, and the winner goes to uh, Mara. So it sounded like he was going to say Amelia. Like, um, Mara. Go, Amelia. Amelia for life. Amelia Pinches is my president. Not my school representative. Mara gives a speech thanking everyone who supported her, everyone who voted for her, and her amazing boyfriend, Mick, and says that she genuinely meant that the school can be both educational and fun. In the background, we see Robbie and Mick walk away together. Victor is in the basement with the scales, wearing his weird robe. He is asking the gods for a sign. He sees the scales tipping and says that that's a sign. Yeah, that was kind of weird. A little creepy. <laughs> that was a random... In the bathroom, Mick is telling Robbie that it was a job well done. Robbie asks when he is getting his date with Patricia. Mick says that he will go talk Robbie off right now, and they walk out of the bathroom. As they walk out, we see Jerome come out of a stall and smile to himself because he overheard them. I said, y'all need to check the bathroom for people before saying stuff. If you guys are going to keep saying stuff in the bathroom, you don't want people to hear. Yeah, I think I don't find a better meeting spot. I know. But also, maybe Mick didn't want to talk to Patricia right away because he low-key doesn't want her to date anyone, you know? I'm here for it. Headcanon accepted. And that is the end of our episode. Now we have to award the brain cell of the week. Who do we think was smart this week? Amelia Pitts is... Seconded. Yeah, I'm going to give it to her. No one else was that smart. There wasn't really much development in the mystery. It was just like election stuff and then like sad stuff. Tragic backstories and sad deaths of Sarah. So, you know, I'm going to give the brain cell of the Sarah... The- for uh, being able to be a ghost and tell Nina what to do as a ghost. Go, Sarah. Good for her. Go, ghost Sarah. And <laughs> Amelia Pinches, because we love her. What she deserves. And the ship of the week. Robbie and Patricia. OTP. OTP. <laughs> I would have given it to Jamber, but I really want to give it to Robbie Patricia. So you know what? OTP, Robbie Patricia. Oh, but like Jamber is definitely the runner-up. Yeah, I was going to say Jamber's <laughs> a strong second. I do love me some Jamber. And I'll put Mick and Mara in third because they were cute and supportive and actually communicated. Wow. They were cute. They did communicate, which is very impressive for Ship on the show. So for something fun, I didn't prepare anything. So I guess we can play Ship or the Robot. We want to do Mad Lib. What? Do you have a Mad Lib? I can get one. Ready? 
we're gonna do the build your own dinosaur mad lib i need (laughs) need an adjective spooky i need a verb searching Uh, another adjective creepy laura plural noun um sabunas adjective fun part of the body elbow plural noun dogs i was gonna say laura i'm surprised you haven't said laura dogs yet plural noun girls in bikinis (laughs) adjective pervy pervy yes now you give me a noun pervy air a number 18 surprised you didn't say seven a silly word kalamazoo adjective yellow another part of the body foot a plural noun showers noun healthy <laughs> adjective creepy plural noun rufuses i think we're oh we're done okay here we go build your own dinosaur imagine if you could build your own spooky dinosaur what would it look like what would it okay apparently it didn't have me fill in the blank here because it just says searching like what would it look like what would it searching like what types of creepy qualities would you borrow from your own favorite sabunas let's give it a try below the most fun dinosaur of all time would have a giant horn growing out of its elbow perfect for poking other dogs with bonus points if you had a protective ring of girls in bikinis <laughs> around the crowd arms of the t-rex had useless pervy arms the most amazing corbier ever would have 19 have Your audio setting. I can't hear you. Sorry, I'm trying to read the sentence without it. Um, would have giant 18 foot long arms like the recently discovered species Kalamazoo Marficus. Body, the most yellow dinosaur ever, would have a strong, muscular foot. That's for sure. It would also have armored showers covering its entire body, like the Ankylosaurus. <laughs> Tail, the coolest Alfie would have a long creepy tail like a nipple cuts and the end would be covered in a sharp pointy rufuses just like the stegosaurus <laughs> wow I love our dinosaur <laughs> I'm really glad he's yellow it's a protective ring of girls in bikinis <laughs> and a tail of rufuses <laughs> Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Please follow us on social media at Anubis Backwards Pod on Instagram at Anubis Podcast on Twitter. You could email us at Anubis Backwards Pod at gmail.com. Give us your hot takes. Give us any questions, comments, concerns. We might shut you out and answer your questions on the podcast. Our Redbubble in Public are at Anubis Backwards if anyone wants to check out our merch. And if you want to submit your voice memos, we're at Anubis Backwards on Anchor FM. So just go on there and you can submit your voice memos on there. And again, we might play your voice recording and answer some of your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts on the podcast. Thank you, everyone. It's been a great time. Good night. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. We'll be back next week. (laughs) Good night. Good morning. If you're listening to this in the morning, I don't know. Good night, everybody. So much I wanted to say. The way I see it is there anyone there? Sabuna. Sabuna. God. <laughs> Dogs. <laughs>